Hello, my friend. It's your boy, Joe Wolverton, teacher of Liberty, back with you today. And I realized something. So many podcasts are over an hour. I don't apologize for that because my podcast and sometimes the stories I want to tell and the way I tell stories take longer than an hour. That's just the way it's going to be sometimes. Sometimes, like today, it will not be an hour because I want to tell you a short story from the history of Rome that I think you've probably never heard. And if you have heard it, then maybe parts of it you didn't know. And it's a very inspiring story. It's a story very exemplary. It's one of those things that if you have a son, you want him to know the story of this man. If you are an American, you want to know the story of this man. And this man is so well... Let me just get to it, okay? All right. So Rome was now a republic, yes? Rome is a republic. The kings are gone. Um, and we have a republic. The Republic of Rome consists of, and, and believe me, yes, I'm. some of you are like, that's not how it was done, Joey. Look, I'm giving you the Reader's Digest, the, hey, the elevator story, right? So Rome's Republican, with a small r, meaning what? The people rule through representatives, consisted of two consuls, kind of like our president, consisted of a Senate, which with no set number, or uh, by this time, no set number. And by the way, Senate, do you remember what I told you that, that means? Or have, I, have we discussed that yet? Senate, that means council of old men, like senile, right? Senile, that, la- that Latin root means old men. Senatus means council of old men. Uh, And it just, I don't know, it makes me feel good inside to know that Senate and senile come from the same word. So, anywho, they had two consuls, kind of like president, a Senate, and then they had the tribunes of the people. Tribunes of the people, kind of the House of Representatives. Don't go thinking that those were exact. I'm showing you rough sketch, okay? I'm not Bob Rossing this business, okay? I'm like, piece of charcoal can you tell that's a human being this kind of business right you got it you got it so as rome's republic grew she began to have issues with neighboring tribes neighboring cities neighboring peoples right she started to expand and she grew in power and some of these people were like we don't need rome to be powerful it's been a hick town we want it to stay a hick town that didn't quite happen So, sometimes there would be a threat to Rome from somebody close by, okay? Some tribe close by would be like, you know what? We can take them. You know, come on. Come on, it's Rome. You've seen Rome. You've seen how they, you know, how they act. We can take them. It's just Rome, after all, okay? And people, sometimes that would be convincing because some of these tribes had been around for a long time, longer than Rome, and they're like, you know, my brother-in-law, he knows a Roman. There's no way those guys could beat us, right? Or something like, I saw a Roman on the road once. Oh, my goodness. His chariot was so beat up. Like, they can't be doing that well if they're driving that kind of chariot. You know you know what I'm saying? I don't even think it had tags on it. That chariot? I mean, come on. And one of the Romans got like four chariots in his yard. Grass be growing up around it. They're not doing that well. I think they're still a little backward. We can take them. So this happened frequently throughout the history of Rome. 
particularly in the beginning days. Well, in the when the kings ruled too, but when the republic was there and their power really started to grow, and the people were like, "Hey, we got to say in our government, this is pretty gnarly. This is pretty cool. I like it." The other people were like, "Let's let's squash this before it becomes something." Little did they know. So, the Romans came up with an with an, an official, right, a pol- a political office called dictator. It basically means in Latin, the guy who says what's what. Now, you're saying to yourself, Joey, dictators are bad. Yeah, yes, most of the time, dictators are bad. Why? Because just as in Rome, that dictator, what he said was the law could not be appealed. Okay, He couldn't change the government, right? And he couldn't change the constitution. But he could put pause on a lot of stuff and he could make laws and there was no one above him during that term now he could only serve as dictator the senate had to elect him okay keep it in the noggin senate had to elect him he could serve for he could serve only for six months except in rare cases where the threat had not been neutralized the threat to rome had not been neutralized and they could extend his term for one more six-month period for a total of a year that's it you're done everything goes back to normal once either your six months or your year is over you could only the senate could only appoint a dictator if there was a clear and present danger to the city of rome not any of this you know hey we hear that there are some chinese people that are fixing to head to italy and he's like you know we need a dictator no no we don't clear and present danger to the city like you know one of the watchmen standing up there and he's like hey what's up where are you guys from arrow right that's a clear and present danger why he was being so friendly with strangers i guess he was from the south he was from southern rome because you know a northern roman would be like what are you doing here why are you in rome no anywho so dictator only when the city was in clear and present danger only for six months could be extended to a year if absolutely necessary appointed by the senate right could not be overruled had power over the army and this is my favorite thing about him have you ever heard of the phrase now being from memphis this phrase i think i think i have a tattoo of it somewhere in my body i think it's a rule but no i really don't but i should write that down okay someday someone's gonna look in my commonplace book for this time be like dude just wrote get a tattoo why did it did he get one and then they're gonna be like oh my gosh let's i wonder if he got a tattoo my grandpa was a was a freak anywho so this is the phrase now in english have you heard the saying take care of business t c b all right Famous saying, Elvis, you know, he famously gave all his little his little crew, he gave them little lightning bolts that said TCB, meaning take care of business, meaning let's get things done, right? Well, the Roman constitution had like the Roman equivalent of this, which was RGC, res gerunda causa, which means basically TCB. Res gerunda causa means get get the thing get whatever the cause is finish it up 
get the thing done. TCB. So the dictator, one guy, appointed by the Senate, six months, maybe 12 months, right? All powerful, no appeal, control of the army, power over life and death, couldn't change the Constitution. Uh, let's see, what else? What else am I missing? Um, yeah, that was about it, right? So one time we have, so, and TCB, baby, he's got a TCB, he's got a RGC. When this is coming, your job as dictators and say, this is a nice office. I'm not kidding you guys. This is a nice. And hey, having 24-inch rims on my chariot, that was pretty dope. Do I get some clothes? Do I get a clothing allowance? How's that work? What was the deal with that? Can I get a can I get like a toga, like maybe in a in a hound's tooth? Like what's what are some of the perks? Do I get a do I get like a special chariot with like a command center inside in case one of these tribes nuke us? No none of that you had one job and that was to tcb that was to rgc raise guru and cause your thing was to get rid of that clear and present danger and that was it now was that risky of course it was risky and throughout the history of rome we're gonna see it was risky hashtag julius caesar if i have all power guess what i am dictator for life right that was I mean, that's like, you know, the genie, you get three wishes. My first wish, I want unlimited wishes. That's kind of like what Caesar did. You have unlimited power, well, I, but you can only have it for six months. Well, with my first act of unlimited power, I want to make my power unlimited and without an end. What did he do? I just threw the Uno reverse card. and But then someone else threw the Uno reverse back at him and... Anywho, not part of the story today. What kind of part of the story? Because dictator. Dictator. It was a good thing, they thought, because what was the... Ultimately, why didn't they just have the Senate and the consuls and the tribunes handle it? The idea was, and this was debated in our constitutional convention, and is why we have one president. Do you know they agreed to have three presidents? They agreed to let Congress elect the president. Anywho, Joey, go back to the story dictator they wanted one guy because in a time of clear and present danger they thought we don't want to have a bunch of debates in the senate and the tribunes we don't want to have this we don't want to have a bunch of debate about what should we do because this is a clear they're coming for us we want to appoint one guy that the senate says that guy will not abuse his power plus he's really good at army stuff plus he'll tcb slash rgc we know this guy let's make him let's give him We'll run that tiny risk of him abusing his power. But one guy has to make decisions with himself. A Senate and tribunes, they'd argue and pass bills and resolutions. And you know what I'm talking about. So in a time of war, you get one guy. It comes down to our Constitution. In a time of war, in a time of war only, we'll have a video about that, the president becomes commander-in-chief of the military in a time of war. That comes to us right from this dictator. Now, they didn't say that because that would have been weird People, because dictator got a bad name. Because of the aforementioned Julius Caesar, Julius Caesar was a terrible man. He murdered millions and enslaved, well, enslaved and murdered millions of Germans, probably some of your ancestors, if you're English or German or French. Thanks, Julius, for being such a swell guy. Swiss cheese. Anywho, dictator. Now, 
So now in the story, I'm going to give you this story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. No, I'm not going to tell you anything about that. What I'm going to tell you is one time the Romans were under attack by a tribe called the Aqui. They're like, the Aqui were like, we can take them. Everybody's, everybody in Rome, no idea. Doodly doo doo doo. And suddenly the Aqui were like, you know, one of the guys like, hey, what's up, Aqui? And they're like, quick, we need a dictator. All right, now, what did they do? Obviously, they were in this clear and present danger from the Aqui. Things were going bad. Rome was, you know, panicking. So the Senate, first of all, they call one of the consuls. It's like, hey, consul, maybe it's not so bad. Remember, two consuls, kind of like presidents. Hey, you're, the, you know, you got some experience in the army. Maybe you can handle it. No, he cannot. No, he cannot. We need a dictator. So they elect a man, Lucius Quintus Cincinnatus. Sound familiar? Cincinnatus. Baby, if you've ever wondered. Anybody who gets that reference and puts it in the comments, I will think you're cool. I won't give you anything because I don't have anything. But I will think you're cool if you got that reference. Lucius Quintus Cincinnatus. So they immediately sent guys out called envoys from the Senate. The Senate like, go tell Cincinnatus that he's the dictator and bring him back to Rome so he can start dictating stuff. And they're like, doodly-doo, where's he live? I don't know, man. Just go go that way. I know he lives that way. Go that way. Ask around. Have y'all seen, y'all know Cincinnatus? Mm, I know Clevelandus. I know Clevelandus, but I think he's north. He lives north of Cincinnatus. It's Clevelandus. I've been to Detroitus. No, that's not the same place. Cincinnatus. Yes, we found him. All right. So, as it so happened, when the envoys arrived, Cincinnatus, and, and they tell him, Cincinnatus, and he's, you're going to be on, but when they get there, Cincinnatus. Now, I'm getting these stories, guys, from two sources, and I want you to know the sources because I want you to read for yourself the sources. First, the Antiquities of Rome, written by Dionys Dionysius of Halicarnassus. Just look it up. Dionysius of, Dionysius of Halicarnassus. Antiquities of Rome, book 10, around 17-ish, maybe 15, but somewhere around there, okay? Dionysius Halicarnassus, Antiquities of Rome, book 10. Then, my man Livy. Livy, History of Rome, book 3, somewhere around chapter 24. Livy, History of Rome, somewhere, book 3, definitely book 3, somewhere around 24-ish through like 28-ish. All right, so the envoys come up. They come up to Cincinnatus, and they're like, to tell him, hey, guess what? You're the, you're the man. You're the mero mero now, right? You are the man. And they get there. And Cincinnatus, now I'm going to read this to you from Dionysius, Dionysius of Halicarnassus because I think it's perfect. He says, it just so happened that when the envoys arrived to notify Cincinnatus that he was a new dictator, Cincinnatus was just then plowing a piece of land for sowing, himself following behind the gaunt oxen that were breaking up the ground. Cincinnatus out there with gaunt oxen, you know, skinny ox. Plowing up the ground, dude. Just do it, you know. Just farming, you know. She thinks my track, just you know. She's just he's just out there doing his thing. Probably got his, you know, John Deere hat on. He's just, he's just, you know, a little therapy out in the field plowing. The envoys come up. And they're like, I think we got the wrong guy. That's not that can't. That's not the guy. Look at that dude. So he says that Cincinnati was not even wearing a tunic. He just wore some small loincloth and a cap on his head. Up uh, then, Cincinnati looks out and says. There is a group of people coming up here. 
what? So he stops plowing. He's like, what is going on here? There's never a group of people at my farm. Because a little farm. I'm just a little farmer. Why are there a group of people coming to my farm? So he stops plowing for a second. This One of the envoys is like booking it. You know, he's the faster one. The one that wouldn't get eaten by the bear. And he says, hey, what's up? And the guy's like, um, hey, can I ask you to put on a toga? That man skirt, too little. I can't concentrate when you got that man skirt on. Can you put on a toga? And, you know, so he says, and this is important. It says that what I'm about to tell you is important not only for yourself, but for us and for the entire republic. And he's like, is everything okay? He's like, just put on a toga, and when you get back, we will discuss what's going on. But we're not really here to tell you that. We're just here to take you back to Rome. But anyway, go get you. So he goes to his wife, and he says, his wife comes out, because his wife, out of her little house, sees these people. like, oh, no, what's he done now? Who is he angered now with his posts on Facebook? Ugh. Is he wearing that MAGA hat again to plow? I know. Someone's mad now. So anyway, she comes out, and his wife's name, Racilia, by the way, and she's like, fellas, what's up? And he's like, go fetch my toga. Go fetch my toga, the good one. Go fetch my good toga. She comes, brings the toga out. He had said, and this is so, guys, this is so endearing about this guy. Cincinnati has a million reasons to love him. But it says, when he'd put his toga on, he wiped off the dust and sweat and then spoke to the envoys. Guys, have you ever seen like a, a, a video or a picture of people at a baseball game like in the 50s? Do you notice they're all wearing like, if they're not wearing a suit, they're wearing ties and nice trousers and a hat. Do you ever, like, not a baseball cap and pajamas. These guys are dressed like we would say for church. I, I have a picture of one of my, I think my third great-grandfather, second great-grandfather, poorer than you can imagine. Got a photo taken. He's got a jacket on, a top. I'm like, a hat. I'm like, where did this guy get this stuff? But the point is, that's probably the only one he had. He probably got it handed down from an older brother or something. But when there were, when you were going out in public, when you were doing things, you know, like in this case, he has these visitors from the government. He's like, okay, let me wipe my, let me get myself a little presentable. Puts on his toga, wipes himself clean, and this is, okay, now let's talk. There's something about that, guys. Our society, I think that there even is such a website as like People of Walmart and the fact that if I say that, y'all will get an image in your head. It says something about our society, guys. So here you got this poor farmer, Lucius Quintus Cincinnatus, known to history as Cincinnatus. And the envoys come up and say, all right, so this is what's up. You are the dictator of Rome. He's like, I'm the what now of who? The dictator of Rome. We need to go. We ain't got time to. We're not got time for your little jokes, Cincinnatus. Because if you act up, we'll go get Clevelandus. He's just up the road a little ways. So don't make us get Clevelandus, and please don't make us go get Detroitus. Please, Cincinnatus, stay with us. So Cincinnatus. Now this also. Can I just read you this from from Dionysius of Halicarnassus? This guy. All right. So it says. They explained the situation to the dictator, congratulated him, and he, Cincinnatus 
pausing for a moment and shedding tears, hugged his wife, kissed her, and said only this, so my field will go unsown this year and we'll be in danger of having not enough to live on. Now, guys, I think you know, I think I've said in here that our founding fathers, the Varsity Squad, they all died broke. Every year that they chose to serve in our government in the early days, they could say this. So my field will go unsown this year and we shall be in danger of having not enough to live on. When they talked about it being a sacrifice in public service, they meant it. Yes, they had some of them had other people working on the farm, but they needed to be there to make sure things went well. You talk about George Washington, who, by the way, is known as the American Cincinnatus, and you'll understand why in a minute. But George Washington fought that war eight years without going home, the war for independence. Think about that. That None of them died. Uh, you didn't get into office to get rich back then like you do now. You went into office because the people practically begged you, and you knew that, so this year my fuel will go unsown, and we shall be in danger of having not enough to live on. All right, with that, kiss his wife took off with the guys to Rome. They got to Rome, and the next morning, Cincinnatus goes to inspect the army and see what the troops are, see what the situation with the army is, battle plans, the whole shebang. He gets it out there. He lays out a plan for defeating the Aqui, and Cincinnatus shares the plan with the army. Here's what we're going to do, and he said, I want you guys to understand one thing. I have power for six months. We're defeating these people. We're either going to defeat the Aqui within that six months, or we will die trying. If you don't want that, leave. If that's not your attitude, leave. Some guys left. The rest of them were like, we like that guy. We are going to win or die trying, and we got six months to do it. Let's get it. Let's go. All right. So, oh, he said he had a really good speech. And let me read it for me. He says, we would either be victorious with those in six months or die, or we will die defending our wives, our family, our gods, and our city. That should sound familiar, right? We are going to either, we're going to die trying to, we're going to be victorious. Well, let's hope that. Let's, let's go for victory. Or we will die defending our wives, our families, our gods, and our city. Boom. So, they got ready to go. Cincinnati gets the army, tells them the battle plan. Here's how we're going to do it. And guess what? You're working overnight. Because at night, every, the Aqui, who they were facing off there in battle, their troops, at night, everybody's like, okay, let's go. You have a few guards and stuff walking around. But you're not going to fight at night. You can't, really, you can't see. right? You're not going to fight at night. So Cincinnati says, yeah, but we're not going to waste all night. We may not be able to fight, but we're not going to waste it. Okay? We are going to build ditches we are going to fill them with, with sharp poles. We're going to do whatever we can to make our situation better overnight so that when the Aqui wake up, they're like, how did they get this done? You may remember that that happened in uh, the War for Independence, right? When we got those cannon, put those cannon up there and 
make the people in the British wake up. They're like, where'd those cannon come from? Because they did it overnight, working all night. And the British general memories, as they do, they have done, you know, by 3 a.m., you know, more than my whole army could do all day, something like that. You know, in other words, Cincinnatus, same thing, right? He's like, we're not going to waste the night. Sorry, we're going to work through the night. They did that. Now, I love the way that uh, Livy talks about them being prepared for this battle the next day. He said that each that the, each night or day might bring forth what was uncertain. A single instant, he says, is all, often the turning point of great events in history. He's Cincinnati saying this to the soldiers. He's like, so you don't think you're important? You are. Every single one of you is important. Your performance could be that tiny little thing that the wheel that the you know gate of history turns on and he's so one of the commanders hearing this and feeling fired up can you hear he's got that guy is rgc right that cincinnati is we picked the right guy he is rgc this business and so the commander says and i think this can be said i think this should be said to our our young men today make haste standard bearer follow me men that was the attitude Make haste, standard bearer. Follow me, men. Once more unto the breach, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Some of us won't make it. Courage isn't not being afraid. Courage is acting even though you are afraid. Make haste, standard bearer. Follow me, men. And they went, and they worked, and they won. He triumphantly enters Rome as the great deliverer that he was. Cincinnatus, the great deliverer, they were all very happy. The Roman people were there through a big triumph, a big party for him. You know, he was, he was the man. And they respected him so much. And Livy writes that the people respected him and it could have been because he was just a farmer, but they respected him so much that Livy writes that Rome respected Cincinnati so much and they did not refuse to be governed by such a good man. So the Senate goes up to Cincinnati and says, we've got a problem. And remember, he's still dictator, right? Six months, he's still dictator. And they said, hey, Cincinnati, we got a problem. Thanks for winning that battle. Appreciate it for kicking the aqui back home. Appreciate that. The tribunes, remember I told you about the tribunes? The tribunes are, their term of office is over, and they've been replaced by new people who are elected, but they, um, they're they not leaving. They, they say they're not giving up their power. They're just going to stay there. Since you're a dictator, and since people like you, and since the tribunes are the representatives of the people, I mean, you kind of see where we're going with this, right? Maybe you talk to the Tribune. Maybe you kick them out. You got all power. And, you know, let the new guys come in that were elected. Maybe you do that. And this is what he said. Because guess what? The Senate, if the Senate wanted that to happen, they had the wrong guy. Cincinnati was not the guy who was going to take his power and now start using it other because the Office of Dictator existed for one reason and one reason only, 
to RGC to take care of that business. When that business was over, so was the need for a dictator over. Do you know how long Cincinnatus was dictator? Now, he could have been dictator for six months. His warrant was for six months he could serve as dictator, period. And he could have had an additional additional six months to serve as a year because the Senate's like, the people obviously respect you. These tribunes refuse to give up their office. You can do this as dictator. We'll give you another year. Stay as dictator. Please help us in this way. Cincinnatus. Let me read this to you from Livy. On the 16th day after being elected dictator, Cincinnatus surrendered the dictatorship and the absolute power that came with it. Power he could have wielded for another six months, another year. Absolute power. Sixteen days. He took care of the business. The business was taken care of in sixteen days. And he handed over the emblems that they'd given him as dictator. I'm out. And they said, but what about the tribunes? And this is what he said. He said... I think what the tribunes are doing is wrong and that they should be punished for their tyranny. But he says, I'm not going to take the chance of becoming a tyrant myself by holding on to power for even one day longer than necessary. To do that, he said, would be making myself guilty of the same crimes against the Constitution being committed by the tribunes they you give me six months but that's to get rgc to get the business taken care of to neutralize the threat threats over i'm out handed them his commission 16 days from the day those guys ran up and he was plowing his field 16 days he finishes his speech gets on a little boat returns to that little cottage of his and lived as he, and this is what Livy says, lived as he had lived before, the life of a farmer working his own land. Now, that's a man. Now I'm going to tell you, George Washington is known as the American Cincinnatus. I have a, a book about it, all about how Washington compares to Cincinnatus. At the end of the day, what happens is, at the end of the war, they were offering him to be king they he could have request he could have been king of america he could have been president for life literally all of these things were offered the minute he had guaranteed he had assured american independence he goes straight to congress here's my commission i'm headed home to the farm and he did and for that he's known as the american cincinnatus because Guys, he could have had ultimate, unlimited power. Gave it back to Congress, headed home to the farm. Cincinnatus, they were begging him to stay. He said, I, I'm sorry, what's going on is bad, but I'm not going to run the risk of getting addicted to power. He got in a boat, went home. I'm sure he took off the toga, 
got in the field, started plowing again. Same day. I'm going to write what, I'm going to finish this up reading to you what Halic uh, Dionysius of Halicarnassus writes about why he, Dionysius, included this story. He says, I am led to relate these particulars for no other reason than to let the world see what kind of men the leaders of Rome were at that time. That they worked with their own hands. They led frugal lives. They did not chafe under honorable poverty. And far from aiming at positions of royal power, they refused them when offered. For it will be seen that the Romans of today do not bear the least resemblance to those men. But they follow the very opposite practice in everything, with the exception of a very few by whom the dignity of the Republic is still maintained and a resemblance to those earlier men is still preserved. Guys, it's time we look to our states and we start finding the Cincinnatuses among us. We need men like this who do not chafe under honorable poverty, do not aim at positions of royal power and would refuse it if offered, work with their own hands, lead frugal lives. We gotta find Cincinnatus, we can elect him to state offices, and we can reclaim our liberty and that is our RGC, and we got to do, and you know what we got to do? We got to take care of business. Thanks, guys.